This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result... You'll always be winning with muck delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Hello Fox fans, happy Boxing Day, hope you all had a as well, so good Christmas, as good a Christmas as you could have had. The wait goes on, 2015-14 when we beat them 5-3 was the last time we have got three points against Man United, thought today could have been the day, but we got a draw, it was 2-2, and uh, that is better than better than nothing, let's be honest with you. This is Letter Till I Die TV. Um, let me show you where you can pick us up. I'm not going to go through it all because it's Boxing Day, so I'm going to keep it straight to the point. We're there. We were there. It's all gone. <laughs> I've not had a drink yet either. Letter Till I Die TV. Facebook, YouTube is Letter Till I Die TV. Um, Periscope and Twitter is at Leicester Till I Die. This is the post-match show. It was Leicester City 2, Manchester United 2. And today we have got a special guest with it's us. It's the post-match show with special guest, Xbox Julian Watts. It is. And let's bring him in straight away and say hello and happy Boxing Day, Julian. Happy Boxing Day. Happy Christmas, everybody. 
Um, we have we have to be a bit of wish with Julian. I think he's uh, <laughs> enjoyed the odd tipple, have you not? Uh, I, I did. Gonna... We had a great day, so uh, always enjoy Christmas. It's one of my favourite days of the year. So yeah, a couple of uh, drinks, unsurprisingly, for an ex-player. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You beat me. You beat me to that. You beat me to that. Well, let's see if the fan also had um, a, a, a fair bit to drink, and we'll bring uh, Brad in. Hello and happy Boxing Day, Brad. Happy Boxing Day. Merry Christmas to you both for yesterday as well, guys, and to everybody Thank watching. You. Did you uh, have a, a, a tip-off? Uh, I only had a couple of cans. It was a nice, quiet one. It was enjoyed by us all at the house. It was just uh, things a bit different this year for Christmas. wasn't so traditional. It was nice. It was different. I just look worse for wear than I actually feel. I didn't drink too much. <laughs> it's the beard, I think. Although, don't get yeah. rid of it. Mrs. Mrs. Twigger and Mrs. Ahern, remember, do like it. Do like yeah, it. Remember well, that... I might just get the stubble walk. Although, without the beard, you are still our Leicester till I die eye candy, don't forget. Well, that's true. That's very true. So, <laughs> it still works. <laughs> okay, let, let's get an overall view. I mean, I thought we could do it. It was a draw. I don't want to brag and say, you know, that I, I, I've got something right for once, but somebody out of the three of us, and it might be the one wearing the hat, correctly guessed 2-2, two, two, um, did leave it a little bit late, but I think deserved it. Uh, Brad, what do you think? We'll ask you first. Yeah, I think on reflection of the game, it was a very good contest to watch for the neutral as well as for the fans of the club. Um I think in the end of draws effect was a fair result. Um I don't think either team excelled too much on top of each other in, in in any area of the pitch. I think where we made mistakes, they were just susceptible as them and, and when we was good in midfield, so were they. It was it was a really good game and in the end we got the result that the game probably merited in my performance. I think in my opinion, I think the two two was just about fair. Although we do like to leave it late, but we got there in the end. We like we like so, to leave that, it late. We don't want to make it too easy for us. Oh no, if it, we wouldn't be less if we did it late. And you know, Julian will know as well as this, as as well as a lot of former foxes will know that Man U is not exactly the easiest team we like to play. We no. to get a result on taking it into content, especially with a lot of talk of you know that would have potentially been our fifth loss at home. That's a very good point on on, on the player things with how well, United are doing um, as well. If you're watching, let us know what you thought of the game. Was it um, three lost, one gain? Have we stopped the rot? Um, was it, you know, a, a, a deserved draw? What do you think, Julian? Uh, yeah, I don't think either side did enough to, to to win the game. Although I thought Man United were, we, we really came out quickly second half. Uh, then they made the substitution and took James off and brought Pogba on, and it, it changed the game. They changed the formation a little bit, and I thought they were really strong and had the better chance of set, setting off. Uh, Schmeichel made a fantastic save, which I know they went on about on, on TV, and it really was a fantastic yeah. save. Uh, and I did think they were a bit stronger second half, but I don't think they really did anything that you know made you know we would sit here and say that they they deserved all three points because they didn't. It was probably a fair result. Two very good teams. Both chasing down, hopefully Liverpool. Um, you know, it was the right result at the end of the day. Brad, I I couldn't get comfy all game. Like I say, well, for a neutral, it was probably a really good game. For a Leicester fan, I had a couple of pairs of underpants at the chair next to me. I, I I was on edge all the time, and I you, they could have gone ahead. Within the first minute, couldn't they? We were lucky Rashford hadn't sort of quite settled into the game at that point. Yeah, we are. We missed a, a few chances. I mean, obviously, as Julian pointed out there, Castle made a fantastic save for one of them, which on a number of occasions you'd expect him to bury. Mm. Um, it was quite noted, and I think Rashford will always remember that Ederson Cavani was sat on the bench in the first minute and not on up there with him, otherwise the result could have been different. But it is what it is in football. You have to take the, you have to take yeah. these things on board. You have to deal with them as they are, and you know he he content he continued to show what a great young professional he is, and and, and got his goal his his efforts deserved. But for the first time playing Manchester United in a long time, and let's not talk about it, but let's just remember what happened at the end of last season. How that you know when we fell behind against them in previous seasons, it's kind of either United have shut up shot and we've just 
run out of steam or we've completely capitulated. And today was nice because I never, at first, obviously when the first goal went in and Rashford scored, I thought, right, how are we going to respond? And we responded well. You know, I think we we didn't let the, the goal overroar us. It wasn't like Man U suddenly had seven or eight chances in the space of three or four minutes. We we nullified them very quickly after the kickoff. And then I think deservedly, you know, you got the equaliser. And I think at the break, it was coming in 1-1. I was quietly confident that we'd get a result out of the game. I mean, you made the point there, and I'll bring this over to you, uh, Julian, about bringing Pogba on. It was stated that they actually had 288 international caps sat on the bench. And... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's probably... Uh, and we've talked about this a lot before about us being a top four club and a top club. And, and we are, it's a fantastic club, Leicester. But, you know, when you're looking at what they have sat on the bench and, you know, and that's where, you know, the strength is of the top teams. I know there was a bit of a an argument after the match about would you sign for Leicester or Arsenal between Scholes and Savage? And, you know, I sort of get where Paul's coming from because this still historically perceived as a top four club and, and we're, we're not. But we actually, on merit, you know, are. And we, you know, I think we're going to finish in the top four. We're going to challenge for the title. But it did show you that today. And for me, for me I'm, a, I'm a big Cavani fan. I don't know why he doesn't start more games. I think he's a very, very intelligent player. And you could see the, the play that led to the second goal uh, between himself and Fernandez. I mean, the two so intelligent, fantastic players. Uh, you know, and I think, you know, Fernandez is one of the... He's up there with uh, De Bruyne at Man City. Absolutely fantastic player. Um, so, you know, I sort of get that. But then what for me has been ple- pleasing is some of our players. I think Harvey Barnes was very lively today. Tielemans, I think, got the man of the match uh, from one of our pundits. And just like Indeed, he was so quiet. And, you know, you don't really see what he does. But his return has, has been, like I think, been a resurgence in the form. He's such a fantastic player that goes unnoticed. So we have got the good players, but like I said, their bench was obviously a bit, uh, a bit more than ours, unfortunately. Just to take, pick up on the point that you said about Rogers, and I miss that because I was I, I didn't particularly want to <laughs> listen to them after the match because I'd got all the uh, all the web stuff to do. But um, without name, I was actually on Talk Sport this morning doing the warm up show um, with Max and, uh, and and Craig. I think he was. It's certainly on the YouTube site, uh, Leicester Till I Die TV. You can hear my dulcet tones on Talk Sport. And they said to me then about Rogers um, going to Arsenal and always being linked with Arsenal. And I said, well, at the moment, would he want to be linked with a smaller club? But you have got the point that Arsenal, even if they get relegated, would still be perceived as a bigger club. Leeds, wherever they've been, will always be being perceived as a bigger club than us. I think if Rogers stays and does what and fulfills the potential that we've got here at Leicester, um, there's no. Re- I think he can go do better than Arsenal. I think he he could be at, you know looking at a PSG or a, a Barcelona. Would would you? What do you think, Brad? I think maybe Barcelona is a bit of a, a bit of a step. Like that's a very prestige position. How Ronald Koeman's got that, I I, I don't understand. But that's oh, just my opinion yeah. on, yeah. on on Koeman. But you, you, I mean, you make a point. Uh, I mean, uh, on the perspective of things, if you take out where they are in the season and what they're doing, what what, what would be seen as a greater ach- achievement on the grand scheme of things in the right here, right now? Would it be mm-hmm. going and managing Arsenal and getting them into Europe by any means necessary? Um, kind of, kind of like they, they they they've been used to the last couple of seasons, kind of taking any European competition. It gets their way, or does he stay at Leicester and make them a top four stature for next season? Mm. You know, which one's more appealing to him? Because you can talk history all you like. We've won the Premier League; they haven't in the last in the last like what five years. So, who, who's the better right now? Who's the better developed club? You know, who who's going in the better direction right now? Can he turn that around at Arsenal? I don't think you can. I think it's proof that it doesn't matter how nice you are or how well you seem to get on with the players. I don't think at Arsenal, the, the issue is the manager. I think the issue is the players. But we're not here to talk about that right now. So, you know, that, that's just... To, I, I, if me personally, I'm a Leicester fan, so obviously I'm going to say Leicester. But if I'm trying to be as neutral as possible, I'd say the exciting journey is at Leicester more than it is at Arsenal. Yeah. 
and Arsenal, there's um, maybe in a manager sense, there's a lot of platforms already laid at Leicester, and you know you've got a bit of a gel, so it's maybe a bit of an easier task in the grand scheme of things. You know, it's easier to keep a team like Leicester in the top eight than it is to really rescue Arsenal. So I think Rogers would stay here, and I just think, you know. He's never going to roll out a job like that. Yeah, moving on. Talking of Rogers, uh, Julian, um, for the first time this season, picked the same starting lineup as we finished with last game. That made a nice change, didn't it? It, it did, and, and I think you know, going back to Rogers and whatever, he seems to. Well, he does. He improves players. I think that's when you look at managers who that you know that you want to keep. I think it's. A lot's been said about our, you know, recruitment and, and the way that he coaches players. Um, and I think he does that wonderfully well. Right now, me personally, I, I wouldn't understand why he'd go to Arsenal because, you know, when you're, you're loved by the club, by the owners of the club, you've got the players on your side, you know, to change all that, I don't really see, you know, me personally, I see a lot of players who moved on in the time. In, the, in the, You know, back 10, 15 years ago, it was all about a bit more money. So they went somewhere for a bit more money, but was it the right decision when they're earning as much money as they are and that's not really going to change their lives? You've got to have that work balance where everything sort of fits in. And I think he's just in a fantastic place at the moment. And I think he'd be very foolish to, uh, to you know, to risk that, to, to, to go somewhere else for, like we're just talking about now, a supposed bigger club. I think, I mean, when you look at... Um... Why he came to Leicester, and I think when you you know when you look at Potter, why he chose Leicester, because he wasn't we weren't perceived as being a big club, and he probably would be given more time here. And if he succeeds with Leicester, as Brad said, right, right, I think he'd get it's more you know brownie points for him to succeed at Leicester than it would be to succeed at an Arsenal. But when you look at that training ground that we've just opened, and you know he he saw that, and that was in the planning when he came down, the. <laughs> the future here is he, he, he could he could be you know he could be our Alex Ferguson really couldn't he? But yeah, yeah. but Brad again going back to the, to the team that he picked today, were you surprised there was no changes? We've got a game coming up in two days. No, I don't. And for that exact reason, I think I think we all know what this time of year entails, and uh, I don't know the exact reason why. Genuinely, I don't why Manchester United have to wait until next Tuesday to play him, but we've got to play on the 28th. I'm guessing it's a cup reason they're not able to play two days apart. I'm, but I'm guessing it's TV or something. I, I, <laughs> yeah, but two teams kick off at 12 o'clock on a, and then play two days later. We know what the, you know, we know what this entails anyway. And I think Rogers against, if you take into events last year, the last game of the season, you take into our situation now, we've just come off the back of an impressive win against Spurs away and our home form needs to be strengthened. A certain Timothy Castagne, who for me had a great game today, and there wasn't a lot that had a bad game, stated he, he, he's glad to be back to help us stop dropping stupid points. And I think tonight we could have been talking about, well, this afternoon, should I say, it's not tonight, is it? But, you know, we was a few minutes away and we were all sat here going, great, we got the point that deserved but we nearly dropped a stupid point you know today and the effort was there and, and I think you had to go with the same lineup to give the players a, a, a rotation for Palace I know Palace are losing at the moment but strange things are happening in Palace yeah. you know Benteke oh. scoring Zaha's not you need to rest and rotate. This game. is Leicester, you know. We we, we thought mm. we could go out against Fulham and just <laughs> trot to the wind. Oh, yeah, that's true. But Julian, one substitute again, carrying this point on that we have in two days. And I know it's Christmas, but I know we have this. You had it in your day. You know, it still happens. It's it's the Christmas period. Only one change we made. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I go back to when I played and there's a lot of managers talk at the moment about, you know, all the games that come up and they know what English football is like. At Christmas, it's a busy period and we're playing on the days that maybe we wouldn't want to play on, but it's just something yeah. that you get on with. And even with the games in short days, you know, a couple of days is enough time to recover. Uh, personally, you just, when I played, you just wanted to play every game. You didn't want to be rested. You didn't want to be rotated. You, you know, it was like, why am I not playing today? So, you know, I I think physically, I mean, they're a lot better in a lot better state than we were at the time. And, you know, the way they live their lifestyles now. So they're so much fitter and quicker and physically able to do it. And we and we did it. And I, 
I think it's a bit of a poor excuse. It's just English football. It's what we like about English football. We get to the Christmas period, mm. you know, loads of games, which is great for the supporters uh, and, and for the for the professionals. It's what they do for a living. So, you know, I just think like, let's keep the games coming thick and fast. Don't think and, and you know, we we only made one change, but it just gets you that sort of consistency. And I thought we showed, as Brad alluded to, the fact that a few years ago we might have gone one down to Man United and capitulated. And today we didn't. We fought back. Uh, and, and got the point, and I thought it was a credit to all of them. And I, I don't really see anyone who had a, had a bad game today. I thought it was a really good team performance. I, I think it was, and I, I agree with you both on that point. I think we've always said, as much as the result is obviously the, 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 the golden fleece, the performance, you know, you, you, you don't like, you, it makes losing a little bit easier if the performance is good. Brad, looking at the, again, looking forward to Palace and the fact that there was only one change made. Those players that have been used whilst these the players that have been there now have been injured, even if they do come in, we've got nothing to worry about, have we? No, because like I said, in a weird sort of way, we, we've put in such good hard work and effort and got the results with these numbers down and these players have to step up and they've stepped up and done the job that we can sit here now, unlike seasons before, and go, it's fine. If a Mendy comes in for a DD, you know, for for the first half or first sixty minutes, to let him get a bit of rest. You know, you know, it, in the weirdest sort of way, football. You know, cliche is a funny old game, and although we suffered with injuries, probably at the most perfect time when we you're looking to rotate players or you see it as you're going to have to rotate players. We've got a situation where because of care uh, and consideration for returning players, we're going to we're going to do it regardless of of, of the fixture list and. It was just, you know, we've got a lot of confidence. It's nice to see. And I think when you say you play Tottenham away and Manchester United home, you come out of that with four points. You've got to go into that Palace game thinking whoever whoever steps in, if they're replaced for that game for for fitness reasons or or, or to come back better and, and keep them fit. We know Sionchi's going to play, so we know someone like Evans is going to get a rest because, you know, Brendan stated that before this game was even kicked that Sionchi would feature in one of them. So it's a good time to be playing us because we've got the right sort of players back, fit and, and and looking sharp. That was something I've noticed that they've come back and they've not got like a two or three game slug about them like normal returning players do. The likes of Ndidi and Castagne look like they've not been out. And, and Mendy has and, and, and Thomas has when they've come in and stepped in and Fuchs. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Palace. I'm not too fussed about the side he puts out anymore, <laughs> I'm going to say. I'm going to bring in a couple of questions in a second from... No, you um, can't respond to no questions. The <laughs> <laughs> post that we've just had. I've have a, have a, been thinking about Ant as well. I just play this. We're back in the, back in the few seconds. Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Of the Foxes... Um, uh-huh. Poppy Pants, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know what you're thinking you're posting there, but it ain't going to go anywhere near being seen on the screen. So uh, you might want to go off and uh, jump off a cliff somewhere. Uh, who wants the first question? We'll, we'll bring this yeah. one up from Brookline. And either of you jump in with this one. Uh, seemed like when Pogba came in, Leicester lost its edge and sat back more. Did not, uh, did not seem it was because of anything special Pogba did. Was there some changes in tactics you saw? Go on, Julian, you take this one first. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, James is a wide player, very exciting, you know, prospect talent, but they brought him off and brought Paul on, who is, I mean, he, he sort of played in that position, but he is more naturally a, a centre midfield. So I just thought it made them a bit uh, stronger in the middle of the park. Uh, and they did get on top of us top of us from that point um, but just probably because he came in narrower and made it more difficult for you know like uh, Tielemans and Ndidi who you know didn't have as much time in the second half as they did the first so it, it was just that I mean it was interesting that they brought Pogba on and he made a change for them and you know we bring Perez on and he's involved in the goal in our goal as well so you know both substitutions you can say can be applauded by the managers because the the, the at some point changed the game like uh, Pogba coming on and strengthening them in the middle of the park and then obviously Cavani coming on and being so, uh, you know, creative with the goal and obviously Perez for us. So, yeah, it was just that. It was just a different player coming on 
um, and then it made them sort of centrally a bit stronger than us. And I think that's where they sort of uh, got on top of us in the second half. Well, Brad, for you then, you've got this question. Um, Roger's philosophy of football is best suited at Leicester and the front office will also provide him with better support. Arsenal ownership is a car crash. It's a poison chalice, Arsenal. You look up, mm. you know, I remember, and, and today's opponents were somewhat of a car crash in, re, in regards to how mm. they were going in form and, and going through managers. They're a poison chalice to go to Arsenal. Right now, it's kind of like the Watford job. You're going to go there, and if you're not getting them in the top four within three games, you're sacked. And it's ridiculous. Yes. And, uh, you know, you just don't want to go there. He's, he's right with his comments he made. I think that it Leicester suits him. Leicester mm. suits him down to the ground. He's got a great working bunch. You know, like I said, the, the cohesion's already there. And, you know, there is fans out there. And, you know, they're entitled to think that and have an opinion where they might say, well, yeah, maybe Leicester's a bit an easier job because, of, you know, the foundation's already laid. But that's, that's what any manager's praying for. Probably before they go to bed each night, they're probably praying up and asking for their team to be linking well and get on well and bond well and have no trouble on that training ground pitch like other clubs do. Because, mm. you know, that's what you have at Leicester and Pogba brings his own thing to it. But when he came on today, like Julian said, there must have been a change in shape from Manchester United because I just felt we were dragged a little bit wider and stretched a little bit. Mm. And, and, you know, and, and in the end, it kind of paved the way to their goal because Pogba and Cavani, when he came on, stretched that midfield a bit, offered a bit more. And, you know, they created a gap. I mean, the only slight concern I'd have about our performance overall today was I think about three or four times they got in the same way, a little flick inside pass. I know their goal was a bit fortunate off Bruno Fernandes. I don't think for any Sundays or any days of the week that he meant that to go as crisply as it did to Rashford for the goal. But, yeah, he definitely brought something to his day. But our response was good because we brought carriers on and never gave up, you know. We kept well, going. I've got a question now for Julian. I've got a question for Julian, and I'm glad you're on today, Julian. Because I don't know. I was. I presume it was. Although you you met me on BT, you'd be see, you'd be seeing the same game, the same pictures. In the and I've written this down with your <laughs> with Julian in big letters next to it. Uh, in the 52nd minute, we got a free kick. One of their players was behind their wall, knelt down with his legs stretched out, and I don't know if you saw that now. As a yeah. defender, WTF? I mean, what the hell was that all about? Uh, it's something that we're seeing more and more because of the, you know, the free kick they put on the wall. Uh, you know, and I think in our day you stood strong, but you didn't jump up. Whereas these days they do, and they're worried about the one under the wall. But it's just an extra man that you've got to move out of a position. So, again, for me. You know, with technique getting better, do we need to do that? I'm not so sure we do, but uh, that's the way that it seems to be going. And it, it seems it does when you're watching it, it does look quite comical. Yeah, I'm telling. I, I, I was I was praying. I'm going to be honest with you. I was praying one of their players would step back. <laughs> it was like it was like what you're doing in a playground as a kid, in it. You kneel down behind somebody and then go backwards and go over you. I mean, what? I presume it's because if they, did the jump, and I suppose if we kick the ball underneath the wall, is there to stop it? It, it did. It did. It did look comical. I've got to be honest with you. Um, we've got one here uh, from from Brookline Bruno again. Madison in the geometry lesson today. Start. I always say ahead of him. Oh, Julian, um, Brad, I'll give you that one because you're you're Perez's favourite uh, <laughs> number one fan. <laughs> Perez has now been earned the Christmas title of decent substitute. That's where I'll go. I'll be festive this time and promote him from squad player to he's becoming a, a very impactful substitute. Okay, there you go. That's me. Merry Christmas towards Perez. There's my gift to him. But against <laughs> Madison, same drop Madison for him. I mean, there was a lot of change today. You could see that both sides seemed to try and cancel each other out with how they, they switched things up. At some points, Madison was almost in a two with Vardy. I don't think Madison did a lot wrong today. No, I don't think there was no. anything special from anybody. I don't think, like, it was a weird one in the sense that um, you didn't have maybe a standout star in in, in anywhere. I mean, if I was to probably pick one from both sides, 
I would say maybe on Didi and Luke Shaw for United. They both got about a bit and both put in some vital tackles. But uh, Madison did all right. I don't. I wouldn't start Perez over him. That's for damn sure. I'd probably... it, it was eighty minutes, Brad, before we made the substitution, the one substitution. Yeah, ten minutes. Of Perez the way, that shows how good as a team we were performing that we didn't need to. Yeah, it does. It, it shows. It shows the great. You know. The great workload that they, they they put on them, how they handle it, and how they spread it out to to not overwork players. Because the one thing you could do at this time of year is is never know when to stick or trust, uh, twist with your training strategies. You know yeah. how many days you get them in, when you get them in, when's the best to handle it. And the lads mm-hmm. clearly handled it very well. I mean, I, I know he obviously got the assist that, that that paved the way for the point in the end, but you wouldn't. You know, if Hamilton come on and the player who came off for him was there and the thing, you'd expect the same outcome. It's just that it's just it was that good to watch as as a game and and not too many blotches apart from their goals really on, on a decent performance. So Julian, again the next the next point here, um, I don't know. I'd rather drop Tillemans for Pratt again. I mean, this is the, this is the good thing that we're looking at these things and going like, could you? But if you did. It, perhaps you know Pratt's going to do as good a job for you. Yeah, and, and, and I think that that's probably the good part of the squad now. Uh, like Brad said earlier, we, we, we've had our injury problems and we've now got all these choices to make. And, and for me, so going back to what he's just said, what we've just talked about, Madison, I mean, Madison for Perez isn't the option. You would swap Perez for Albrighton. But Albrighton's a, a very consistent player. Probably not got the ability that Perez has got, but he's going to deliver seven or eight out of ten week in, week out, whereas Perez will be up there and down there. Madison's a classic number ten. With the Tielemans and Pratt, I mean, then I don't think that would change the team, which is great because that means, yeah. you know, if one's injured, the other one comes in and nothing really changes. And that's where you get the consistency in your performances, whereas... Like, like we've said, we've had all these injuries and, and that's probably where it's helped us, you know, where we, we, we've still maintained at a level and we're still so, uh, you know, in the top four in the league. And that, that for me, speaks volumes for the squad. Our, uh, our cup runneth over almost, <laughs> doesn't it? We've gone, we've gone from one extreme where we, we could hardly put a, a, a 11, you know, or fill the substitute bench to completely the other way. Um, I got a Facebook user here, Say, I wish Madison would stay on his feet more than going down easy and putting the team under pressure on the opposition counter. Either or, who, either of you go for that one. Do you think he goes down easily? I think, of course, he does. But you could probably list, and, and it, it's not something I like to see. Uh, mm. But there's players. Every team pretty much has one in their in their um, squad. You know, Fernandez is one for Man United. Grealish is often accused of being a fallover for Villa. There's probably more, but off the top of my head, I'll just name them three, Madison in that three, where they annoy the absolute heck out of you to, to you know, keep your mouth clean over Christmas. Santa's watching for next year. About um, time, Brad, about time. Come on. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, you know, yes, he does go down easy and he does win soft free kicks at times, but that's what they're implored to do as central attacking midfielders. And like I said, it's not something I'm fond of. I don't like seeing a player go down too easy. I, I'm the first to kind of scream, I'll oh, get up, Madison. He hasn't touched you really. Or some free mm-hmm. kicks, I kind of go, he's brought that a bit. But that's what he's done. That's his clever mentor in the game. That's the way he's developed. He grew up as a kid. You know, he's using it well. And he does win those, you know, free kicks. And, you know, he does make defenders, when he wins free kicks in decent positions, make needless fouls. It's part yeah. and parcel of the current, you know, situation of football and how it's played. I don't like it. No, I don't. But I get on with it, and I, I I appreciate it. You know, it is it is a part of football at the moment. But he does go down too easy, in my opinion. Two, two comments that have come in here, not on on the uh, on the, the uh, YouTube show, but uh, just personal messages. My brother, as mentioned earlier in the pre-match show, my brother-in-law and uh, uh, his two sons are both Man United fans. Um, and he said, um, to give credit where it's due, Harvey Barnes was outstandingly good, man of the match for him, and that's coming from a Man United fan. And a certain Ryan James Isaac, who Brad knows very well. Chance. He, well, no, he did highlight the Perry's assist, but he actually put, lol, you drew to a side, we put six past. And yeah, put, and you lost to us. 
<laughs> actually, I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm just, if you think I'm looking at the floor, I'm not. I'm just actually looking down the table for Tottenham Hotspur I don't know where they are. Um, we did all right. I've got to be honest with you. This is probably the best game that we have had all season at defending corners. And the only problem I'm saying that is because I know Man United didn't get a single corner all game. Yeah, the, the most they obviously didn't read the memo over how <laughs> to beat Leicester because they wanted to do it a different way. But uh, that's a stat I never thought I'd see against us. No corners against. I know. You know probably a good thing because you know we're, we're we're what we're coming up to a century of corners without scoring. We're playing the wrong sport with corners. We're trying to score a century in cricket with that because. We still haven't scored from one yet. We've got better, we've got yeah. closer, but still. But Julian, we're getting it past the first man at, the, at last. You know, somebody seems to have taken Madison aside, and oh, a couple of them actually went past every man in the box. But at least we are getting it past that first man now. Yeah, it's frustrating when you watch people like with the ability that they've got, uh, and they don't do that. And, it, and I think we've, we've spoke about it before. It's just that they're trying to get the pace you know, that fast pace, so it's uh, very hard for the defenders, but really you'd like them to take more, a bit of pace off it just to get the consistency and get that regular ball in, you know, as, as, as they have done today. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going in the right direction, but it, it is a frustration that. I'm going to say good evening to Craig. It is evening. Oh, no, still good late afternoon to Craig, who does the preview show with me on Tuesday. We still give too many chances away from balls slid in between our central defenders. How do we work on that? I'll throw that one at you again, Julian, being the defender. You get all these questions. But we yeah. did a very good point. I've noted the same point. We do we do look susceptible to that ball. Yeah, I think I think more if you if you sort of look back at the game, that those and I can understand uh, the comment, but it's more when we, we get done on the break and that's it's a different thing. So in in the normal you know runnings of a game, you stood there, you're organized and, and you're you know you're in the right position. When you when you've got the good possession, it's that point of when it turns over and they they break on you that then you just run back to goal and you're not as organised as you'd like to be. Uh, and and that and I think if you look back at the game, you'll see the the point that the uh, the uh, guys uh, alluding to is that fact that we get done on the break and all of a sudden there's an opportunity and they did go through us a couple of times. But I think if you looked at any team, you would see that you know just yeah. on that turnover of play and, and you're not. And and this is this is Brad's favourite part of the uh, of, of of any show we do, and that's the stats. And um, if you look, it is it pretty much has draw written all over it. Forgetting the bottom one and the bottom two, but you know we had ten shots uh, and they had nine, three, four on target. It, it was pretty that pretty much sums the game up, doesn't it, Brad? Yeah, it does. That's probably the only time you can look at stats and say it reflects the game itself, you know. Mm. Um, it wasn't a game actually filled with too many chances of any difficulty, you know. Uh, that, and it's shown there. That's the first time I'll actually say that. They're the sort of stats I can, I can look at and actually go, yeah, that actually proves something. Because, But yet again, our conversion rate, I mean, three shots on target, two goals, it's better than United's. That's about yes. yeah. That's about the only thing we probably edge them on on that. It was it was a close game all through, and if you look in depth in the stats, it's close. Tackles made, uh, passes. It was all close, mm. and it was a good game to watch. And um, yeah, it was just it was just nice to see a game play out that way, and 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 kind of have the scruffiness. In regards to just adding to Julian's defensive point when counter attack, it's how we score when we get caught out. And as nice as it is to see, maybe a few times today we was probably a bit too eager to get the ball back and left our defence a bit exposed. Yeah. It just happens. It's part of football. It's just a yeah. way of scoring. And just to say to Stu MC again, and uh, I'll, I'll make this point while I'm actually on air, just to sidetrack, if you can just bear with me, guys. Um, and that is I have been notified uh, quite, I think it's five or six times in the last two days about the language that some of the members are using in the group. Stu McSee, there's no way with what you've just typed in there that I'm ever going to show that um, in a, in this live chat. And um, 
every swear word now is being highlighted in the group. And I know it's a football group, and I know you've got to expect a bit of banter, but when the words that are being used and the way that they're aimed at other members of the group and players, etc., it's just getting beyond a joke these days, and it is going to be an instant removal from the group. So, Stu, if you want to reword that, I might put it up in the group, but certainly not the word you've used there. Sorry, guys, just wanted to make that point because uh, Facebook Facebook are coming in and just uh, uh, jumping over me and and, uh, and removing remarks. Um, I, I don't agree with an awful lot of what um, Glenn Hoddle says, and he's probably almost sent me to sleep in the in the second half with his with his commentary. But he did praise Fafana, and as Kurt, good afternoon, Kurt says there, Fafana did brilliantly defending when Man United countered through. It's still hard to believe that this guy is only just turned 20 and he wasn't even supposed to be a, a starting defender for us. But you can't drop him, can you now, surely, Julian? Again, defence, so we'll come to you. Yeah. No, he's, he's done ever so well. And, and it goes back to, again, you know, the recruitment process at Leicester seems to be fantastic. Obviously, the, the new training ground and all, and all that. And that's happening in the background that ends up you know, on the pitch for the first team. Uh, I, I've said this before, he's a fantastic prospect. He will make mistakes because he's young and that's part of the learning process. And I do think all players, particularly defenders, they get better with age because they make the mistakes and learn from it. And if he does learn from his mistakes that he is going to make, so every now and then he'll he'll drop a clanger, but it'll just make him a better player going forward. And he, he's, he's a very, very good prospect. Uh, you know, right now he fits into our first team. And at some point, I'm sure he'll be pulled out and he'll have a breather. But... Um, you know, going forward, what a fantastic player and it'd be one that we really need to keep hold of. Oh, definitely. Um, Ivan, welcome back, Ivan. You were on the pre-show earlier in Sierra Leone. Um, not that I'm jealous at all, but uh, probably a lot nicer there than it is here. Um, I'm happy for the draw. Like I said, I, I went 2-2 two -two and I, I would have taken that at the start. And I've definitely got one here for uh, for Brad now. Um it's keeping it quiet, so you, you toss up which one it is. I, Brad, Julian, of course, Chris. My wife says, hello, boys. That, that was yeah, a bra. Well, my name's first, I'm first lads. I'm not We're bagging. Not, <laughs> not bagging, but my name's first. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't that a bra advert quite a few uh, few years ago, or am I making that up? You know, yeah. but he does he does follow that up with um, and Brad's mate with an assist. Yeah, but, uh, well done. <laughs> if that if that is Mister Ahern or Mister Twicker, and you've not signed in, so I can't say. But I mean, it, it's. Um, I've lost it now. I can't. I can't find. I was going to put. Uh, I was going to put uh, Brad up again, but I've. I've lost Brad. I've lost Brad. What can I say? But let's have a look at. I think I've just got one more quick comment, and then we'll just move on to uh, man of the match. Um, where are we here? There's so many coming in at the moment. Oh no, I've, I've just seen you again there, Brad. But the moment's gone, so uh, we'll 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 leave you. Much to your. Uh, <laughs> um, there we oh, go, man. one more. All right, Chris, Casper's one of the best goalies in the Prem. However, what do you think to his distribution? Do you think it's improved? I've got to be honest with you, and I'll bring the guys in in a moment. But I'm just going to – I made some notes as we went through the game, as I always do, and he's a fantastic – I mean, that goal, that save he made with his, his right hand, I mean, you know, everybody was going on about it. It was a world-class save. But, my God, he can't kick for Toffee, and it, it hasn't improved – over the last however many seasons, you kick back to him, it goes out, it goes to one of their players. It's just, I just, is nobody working on that with him? Either of you go for that one. Doesn't doesn't seem to. Got, I'll take it being a former keeper. Don't worry, Julian, you can have a rest on this one, mate. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I, I, I was never um, any good at taking a long goal kick myself so I, I feel Casper's pain and sometimes it's just it's a part of his game he just clearly can't get right I mean when it does go out wide it tends to be short and it tends to be a bit of a loopy ball it tends to be get, get, get a bit aerial on it instead of power and, and distance on it and I think the rule change where he's allowed to have his teammates in the box with him as as has has helped that situation I think in the nicest way possible to Casper, because um, I used to actually have a centre-back take my goal kicks because I just couldn't get the distance on them that they were wanting. 
it's nothing, you know, and it, it's a frustrating part as a goalkeeper. You want to be perfect in every area of your game, but I think it's come as a good weapon for Casper to be able to knock it to someone like Evans or for Farno or, or Soyuncu or Foots or, uh, you know, out wide to Justin or whoever's there. It's kind of taking that strain off him a little bit. And and it is what it is. Like you said, it's been years, so it's not something they've probably obviously not tried to correct. I'm sure he's tried to correct it, and it is just is what it is. I think, like I said, the rule change has helped it. But maybe Brendan's gone, all right, let's not worry about that. We'll nip that where we can, and if you get a good kick out, it's a bonus. Because he's got a few assists from his kick over the time, so he can get it right. And they've just let him play the new rule and and take that responsibility off him in, in the nicest way possible. I mean, I am... Um... I am nitpicking <laughs> with, with that. I mean, this is Casper we're talking about. Oh, um, yeah. What a save, Julian. What a save with, the, with his right hand. I just think with, with keepers, I mean, the, the people who wanted to play football and didn't have the ability to play out always became keepers. Sorry for that, if I got yeah. you in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only in the last 10, 15 years that they've sort of had to use the feet a lot more. So keepers always used to like to come out on a Friday and play in the fiver side and think they were great strikers, and they, not many of them were. Uh, and it's mm. probably unfortunate that with Casper, just you know, you've either got that ability or you haven't, like Edison has got it in spades. But then you would ask yourself the question with Casper, would you rather have Casper or, or Pickford? And I would have Casper every day of the week because yeah. Pickford mm. can play. But you know, at the moment, he's making mistakes, and he's not the same. You know, the same keeper that Casper is, and I, you know, I, I won't swap him for anyone at the moment. I'm surprised he's still here because I'm I'm surprised people aren't coming for him. That you know, like we, we, we're just talking about, might be part of it. But for me, I'd take what we've got rather than saying, "Oh, I wish he could do that as well," because he is a fantastic keeper and obviously loves the club. Totally, one hundred percent. Like you say, I mean, you know, you. Every aspect, you know, if, if that's the only fault he's got, mm. um, it's not it's not bad, is it? I mean, you know, he, he can save penalties. He's a good shot stopper. He, he pulls off world. He saves, and he hasn't gone anywhere else, like you said. And I think that that a lot of that's probably possibly down to the relationship he had with um, with the boss when he when he before he sadly passed. We know how close they were. But I think that's not just him. I think that's with with a lot of players as well that have been here a long time. But before we move on to the man of the match and the ratings, a quick comment here from Kurt. Good evening, Kurt. Afternoon, morning. I'll cover them all. I think Casper is often put under pressure from some of Evans' soft passes. Evans won me a couple of times with his possing, pass possing with his passing at the back today. We do, and I wrote that again. I wrote this down. We do seem to fart about with it at the back a bit, don't we, Brad? It's, we do, but it's become a natural part of our game. I think we're all very used to the fact that we like to... Um, patience is the key, I think, is, is the shortest way to answer that. And, you know, Manchester United were just the same at the back. They 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 probably had a few moments, their fans, where their hearts were in the mouth, especially when Vardy stole it stole it in the box or in, well, yeah. when he was near the box and that. And it does happen, and you do invite that pressure, but it also just shows the calmness and the ability of your players. If you're willing to play that way, you've got to have... You know, you've got to be assured of yourself and you've got to have good quality there. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, everybody made a bad pass at some point today. I didn't get everything right. And, and you know, and Evans maybe did make a few softer mm. passes, but I'm more reassured than not when he makes a pass backwards that it's going to go to who it intends to. And I wasn't overly worried with, with his passing today. I think it's it's harder for me. Uh, I mean, a, a Facebook user was put here... Uh, wish supporters would stop moaning. You'll 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 never get that, I'm afraid. You know, no. <laughs> as a supporter, you pay your money, you support the club, you're allowed to have a moan. If they if that's a different opinion to yours, and you consider that moaning, that's that's what it is. I mean, I think certainly I I sort of I think become more critical since I've started doing these because I'm looking to pull points out. To, to you know to, to to ask the question so I can say you know with the Casper thing I was I, you know it's nitpicking because of what he is but Julian again and we will go to man of the match in a minute but Christmas two games uh, or well we've got Palace to come but we've you know we played Spurs just before we've played Man United now four points you'd have taken that wouldn't you Oh, absolutely. And I, I just think, obviously, winning the league, you know, ex everybody, the fans moaning, it's just the expectation that the club's got, which is great. Because, 
Yeah. You know, I remember when I signed, we were in the middle of the championship. I think we were ninth or tenth in the league. And, you know, you look back at that, the pitch was dreadful. And, you know, well, every, and the way the clubs come on in that period is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, we are catching up with the big boys and that's not an easy thing to do. You know, you can throw money at clubs and they don't all come back and or stay as strong as we have. So, you know, the nitpicking's not not a bad thing. It's just it's just where we all want the club to be to the, the best it can be. And we all got these expectations on what's happened in the last, you know, five, ten years. And, and it, it has been a fantastic journey. So, you know, it, it, it's just that. And it just means that we're in a wonderful place. Definitely, um, you, you, expectations have gone up without a doubt. And I think you look at our opponents today, I mean, you know, Every time it's Oli, they want Oli out. Oli's doing bad. Oli's a rubbish manager. He got them to fourth and in the Champions League last season. He's got them to third, almost second. He's got a game in hand this season. You know, like you say, you moan, but <laughs> it, it is all about all about expectations. But looking at man of the match now, this is what Alan went for. You know, Alan, uh, who, who does my um, game stats and picks my man of the match for me straight after the game. And he's gone for a manager before a rating of eight, team rating of eight, and Yuri Tillemans as his man of the match. Brad, yes, no, agree, happy, disagree? I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the ratings. I think the manager got everything right. Um, I think the team gets a fair, decent rating. Uh, and and I think I've got the same problem as I had against Tottenham. The, the, you could probably pick a few names for man of the match for, for, for individual moments. It, you know, it was it was one of them games, and yeah, you, you you people might have a different man of the match to that. I mean, off the basis of the full time whistle, I think your Tellemans and Harvey Barnes were the two names that got the most shouts. I think I was if I was to pick one up for the for the for the effort and attitude of the day, and just never seemed to give up. I'd have to give it to Barnes because he always seemed to try and press, no matter where he was on the field, and you know. He, he's, he's just showing how how much he's developed over the last six or seven months. A lot of criticism came of Barnes that he was running and running and running and looking good, but he wasn't contributing too much towards the goals. He's got seven goals now this season in all competitions. He's got a handful of assists, and he's, he's definitely showing that more aggression and attacking intent that Rodgers when he first got here, stated that straight off the bat. I think one of his early comments about Harvey Barnes was he's got a great aggression and he wants to see more of that from him on the pitch. And we're seeing more of it. So I'd go with Harvey Barnes today being my man of the match. But, you know, Tillemans is, did, did, had, had, a, had a good game as well. But for me, it was Harvey Barnes. You could pick two or three, couldn't you, Julian? You could. And I, I think... Brad's comments there are spot on. It, no one really sort of leapt out and was head and shoulders above everyone. It was a really good team performance. So the eight out of 10 for the manager and the, and the team's probably about right. Although I think like with Brendan bringing on Perez, who obviously, you know, changed the game and got the equaliser late on. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. No one really stood out. I'm a massive fan of Indeed. He's just lo love what he does. Uh, but, you know, one of my favourite players in the last few years in the Premier League has been Fernandinho. So you can see what my, the way I look at a game. <laughs> <laughs> to other people with quite fantastic strikers about, but uh, so yeah, and I thought Humans was great, but I think Barnes, yeah, definitely, he's he's come off the bench recently and done well, and then he's now getting his chance, and uh, like you say, he's obviously listening to the manager and putting on the field what the manager wants from him. But I thought he, he, he looked like he had that edge to him today, so yeah, he did ever so well. Yeah. I think it was just an all-round good performance, and like I say, four four points from those last two games. You you can't you can't complain about that at all. Palace coming up on Monday. We've got to feel confident now for that, haven't we? You'd like to. You'd like to think it. I mean, not to jinx it and say what I said after the Spurs game that with Leicester have always since the day I was born been the most consistent of being inconsistent. But yeah. we've just got four points out of our last two games, and I always say I always believe in the Mentrada that you back up from your last game. Well, we've got a point from this one, so Palace, you've got to win it. You know, you get that win. Don't care if it's one nil, ninetieth minute. Don't care how it's done on the day, but we got to we got to keep this momentum going because this is the busy period. This is the crunch time, and if we can still be up there, I mean, I don't know if it's re kicked off, but I saw it half time that Southampton are drawing with Fulham, 
I literally am just checking now. Uh, that's so you, you, you just, you know, I'm seeing these results scrolling, interrupting what I can see. And I'm mm. sure you, as you guys have just all looked up there. So I know you guys have got an eye on it. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you got me. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're just seeing how, how vital this point will be. If you come out of Palace with three points, it's not for, you know, then you can look at it as a bigger collective because then you go, well, hold on a minute. We've just got seven points out of Tottenham, Man U and Palace. You know, that's how you kind of got to examine it. So we've got to go to Palace. And although I think we'll see changes in the Palace game, I don't think you'll see too many changes. I think you'll, I think the most pleasing thing about the performance is they never they didn't look knackered, did they? They didn't look knackered when they came off that pitch at 90 minutes. They didn't, they didn't look knackered. And I think, you know, maybe if it wasn't for the fact that maybe you wanted to go with a bit more pace rather than accuracy with with Perez being a bit quicker than Albrighton on the wing and making that late substitution. There won't be too many changes for Palace, so I'd fancy that squad to be fairly strong. I think, and, you, I think you could probably say, Brad, that the current players probably weren't enjoying the you know the liquid Christmas quite as much as the ex players were. <laughs> no, they? probably not. Probably not. I think I think they had uh, very contrasting diets the night before they came because no one had a bloated turkey or beer belly on them the day before they came, uh, like they might have got away with in years before. Finally, Julian, good news is it's away on Monday. Yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, like. We've talked about it before. We've talked about the Fulham game and when people sit back against us, we find it difficult to like unlock the door, if, if you like. And it might be the same again. I think with Palace, you just know that Zaha's a very, very good player and needs, you know, needs managing. Benteke starts scoring, which, you know, I felt sorry for him over the years because he was and is a good player. And obviously, confidence can be a massive thing in football. But after these two results, we should go there and get the right result. But, you know, it's, it's not casting stone or so we'd all be uh, fleecing the bookies. So, um, <laughs> right now, we're, we're in a fantastic position. Got a good squad. Like we said, all the injuries are coming back. You know, that's all coming back to us. Bit of consistency. Great result today to come back, you know, and, and, and nick one at the end again. You know, a time in the past when we might not have done that. So, everything's looking good and there's nothing certain, but we should go to Palace and uh, get the right result. Yeah. Guys... I'll let you go. It's Boxing Day. Thank you both very, very much. Uh, don't know if you're both available on Monday, but it's um, a three o'clock kickoff uh, against Palace. And we get a um, three o'clock, and it's not a Saturday. It's a Monday. The only time they give us a three o'clock kickoff. Uh, you're welcome to join us again if you're free, Julian. But obviously, understand if you're not on Should Monday. Be. Enjoy the rest of Boxing Day and uh, we're still second. Thanks very much, guys. Take care and stay safe. And, and uh, like I say, enjoy the rest of the day. Yeah, we'll thanks. do. Yeah, thanks, thanks Julian. Cheers. It's been great. Thanks. So thanks very much to um, both Julian and Brad there. Um, anyway, Facebook user, still not sure who you are. Good night, guys. Loved it. Um, cheers boys enjoy your boxing day and to you as well Kurt enjoy uh, whatever you are doing and I think this one was for Brad because I, I, whether Tate Tatnum is a, um, <laughs> a pseudonym of Mrs Twigger and Mrs Erwin <laughs> I think those hearts it could have been one each but I like to think it's probably all three for Brad you know? <laughs> but hey we're going to be back I'm going to have a little bit of a celebration now but we're going to be back on Monday we're going to be back at half two-ish probably no probably about 20 past two with Josh for the pre-match show uh, when we will be looking at the team that has been picked. And uh, as Brad said earlier, it's almost certainly going to be uh, uh, different. Um, I think there will be changes for that. And, and that's understandable. And the good thing is, like I say, is that I'm not worried about the changes that are going to be made. Because I think uh, whoever whoever we bring in, we know they can do a good job for us. Um, so 20 past two-ish on Monday for the pre-match show with Josh. And then about 40 minutes after kickoff, which will be kicking off at 3, 4, about 20 past 5, Monday night. Me, Brad, possibly Julian as well, chewing the cud and having a good old natter about the game. Go off and enjoy yourselves, guys. It's been a great um, Christmas so far. Four points, one win, one draw. Let's hope we can add another win to it on Monday. I can't keep up with it. Stay safe. Have a good rest of the Boxing Day. Good night, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> 
Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Shut up and sit down. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You better like them too or I'll be back. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.